Hello, 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 and welcome into episode number 59. That's right, episode number 59 of the Sports Kiki Podcast. My name is Alex Reamer, and you can find the podcast wherever you can find your favorite outsports shows. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're all there. Download, listen, subscribe. You know the deal. Just me this week. Had a uh, guest fall through at the last moment, but don't worry. They will be on the show next week, and they have an incredible story to tell. I don't want to give away too much right now, but they are a drag king. That's right, drag king in the Boston area. They were assigned female at birth, but played football in high school. So I'm super excited for our guest next week. But this week, as I mentioned, it's just me, yours truly. We can go on a little date, have a little alone time. That's not so bad, especially as the world begins to slowly open up again. It's good to get reacquainted with each other. And I mean, I think it's going to be amazing when all but five or six people in my life become more than just little avatars on Instagram again. (laughs) I mean, really, my world has shrunk so much over the last year plus If you're not in my immediate family or in my immediate group of friends, yeah, you're just a little avatar on Instagram or Facebook. It's quite a way to live. But there are a couple of things uh, I do want to seriously get into on the show this week. Uh, The first one might be the most polarizing cultural issue we have right now with Donald Trump out of the White House, but of course Trump played an outsized, it continues to play an outsized role in perpetuating this rift. I'm, of course, talking about cancel culture. You could probably tell where I was heading before I even went there. And I hate saying those words. It's such a cliche at this point. It's so trite. But I bring it up because our Sid Ziegler, I think, wrote a really interesting op-ed that we published this week that drew a lot of fervor and some backlash on social media titled Sports Are Embracing Suspensions, Not Cancellations, as the Path to Inclusion. Now, a little backstory here. A professional soccer player playing for Morecam FC, a high-level club in England, was suspended by the Football Association for six months for using a homophobic slur during a match in January. Now, the professional player, to his credit, admitted what he did. He's from Cameroon. He said, I'd like to offer a sincere apology for any offense I have caused. (laughs) Excuse me. I'm really disappointed in myself for using that term because it does not reflect the type of person I am, but it was under provocation. Now, okay. I mean, we talked about this back when Justin Thomas was caught uttering the F word on the greens after he missed a putt. The whole this isn't who I am apology shtick has gotten tired. There's no doubt about it. It's exactly who you are, and who you are is somebody who casually drops anti-gay slurs. It doesn't mean you're a raging homophobe, but it means that those words are part of your vernacular. So, I hate that. Speaking of cliches, that's the ultimate cliche in this case. This is not who I am. But as I was saying, just because somebody, in this case a professional soccer player, drops a gay slur on the field in the moment of action does not mean that they are a homophobe. Which is why the decision by the uh, Football Association to suspend this player for six months 
And I say this player because I can't pronounce his name and I don't want to insult him by butchering it. So the name is not as important as the message here. You can read Sid's op-ed if you want more details. But that's what the Football Association did. They suspended this player for six months for using the homophobic slur. Certainly a harsh punishment because a suspension means, in this case, without pay. So not only are you hitting them in the wallet, but you are taking their passion and their outlet away from them. So this is a severe punishment. And I don't think that people who say homophobic slurs should go unpunished. the, The punishment should be the equivalent of a racial slur. It's the same thing. So I'm glad to see these stiff suspensions. And suspensions are important that the lack of playing accompanies the hit and money. Because again, that's what these guys and women love to do. But I, I like to see the stiff punishment. There needs to be stiff punishment. That's how you that's one of the ways you stamp this out. But there also needs to be rehabilitation when possible. Saying getting caught, excuse me, getting caught saying an anti-gay slur in a soccer match does not mean that you are irredeemable. It does not mean that you are forever an enemy of LGBTQ people or even are currently an enemy to LGBTQ people. It can just mean you're ignorant. And this player comes from Cameroon, a culture that is very conservative in a lot of aspects, certainly not friendly to LGBTQ people. So it's possible that these words were part of his vernacular growing up, like they were part of many of ours. So it's the suspension, and then it's the education, which is mandatory as part of the Football Association's decision. And then after that, after you sit out and you reflect and you do the work, then you can get a second chance. And that's the way to do these things, to embrace eventual second chances. I look at what happens in the media and how we don't give second chances. Just on Friday, Hamel Javeri, a former guest of this podcast, actually, uh, is a great ally of not just the show, but the community as a whole. Uh, She covers LGBTQ issues quite frequently. She's a writer and editor who worked for years at USA Today and its For the Win uh, blog. Well, she was let go this week. Because on Monday night, she sent out a tweet about the mass shooting in Boulder, Colorado. She said that mass shooters are most likely to be white men. It turns out that shooter was not a white man. So, as Hamil writes in her Medium blog, the alt-right-wing trolls went after her, pelted USA Today with calls for her firing. So this is, you know, using cancel culture against one of the supposed cancelers, a left-leaning person, an ironic use of cancel culture, if you will, weaponizing cancel culture. And USA Today, to their immense discredit, bowed to this Twitter and social media pressure. And we see this happen on all sides of the fence. Just last week, we saw the Teen Vogue editor-in-chief have to resign and step down after decade-old tweets she sent were unearthed. Racist jokes, some gay slurs. Alexi McCammond, over the last 10 years, has graduated college. She's lived a life. She's been a White House reporter for Axios. She's a woman of color herself. 
And yet, not good enough. She had to resign as editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue before even officially starting the job because these 10, 11-year-old tweets she sent as a senior in high school, maybe a freshman in college, were unearthed. And she's addressed them in the past. They're deleted. She's apologized. But nope, that's it. She's gone. Uh, You see in media, no second chances. Sports are taking that alternate approach. And it's how growth happens. It's how growth happens by allowing people the opportunity to change. Now, again, I'm not saying that you should be allowed to say homophobic slurs with impunity. And if there are repeat offenders, they should pay the severe consequences. I have no issue with Kurt Schilling, for example, losing his job at ESPN. He was told time and time again, hey, stop tweeting ridiculous crap. You know, stop tweeting and posting hateful garbage. And he couldn't help himself. And then finally, a post about transgender people using bathrooms was the rightful end to him at ESPN. So I'm not saying that, again, you should be allowed to tweet anything with impunity, say anything with impunity. But especially when it's the first time we know about it, you got to give people Barring unforeseen circumstances, you got to give people a chance to make amends. And that's what sports have done. And it's been refreshing in comparison to the media and society at large. A couple years ago, there were a string of young baseball pitchers, Josh Hader and Michael Kopech, two young fireballers. It was discovered that they tweeted out homophobic things in their teenage years. I don't think either was suspended. I know for sure Hader wasn't suspended. And I think, eh, kind of disgustingly, he got a standing ovation at his first home game back. I remember that. But overall, they seemed remorseful. They said they had changed. I mean, Hader was 24 when the tweets were unearthed. He sent them when he was 17. Since then, he's graduated high school. He's played Major League Baseball. He's been associated with all sorts of different people. He's traveled the country. He's been around the world. I mean, he's become a much more worldly person. And he grew and hopefully has moved on from that. I mean, apologizing is not just enough. You truly have to move on and evolve and you have to put the work in. Which is why the jury is still out on Justin Thomas. We'll see what he does. But we've seen athletes become redeemed. We've seen them take this path of redemption and do it successfully. Uh, Tim Hardaway rightfully said something that should have gotten him canceled. I hate gay people. And if he said that now, see you later. And that is a repugnant, ugly thing to say. But you know what? Tim Hardaway has done good work in recent years with the LGBTQ community and has seemed to turn himself around. Same with Chris Culver, that former cornerback with the Niners before the Super Bowl years ago. So he doesn't want to shower with gay people. I don't do that sweet stuff. Remember that? Repugnant, gross, ugly. He was rightfully excoriated. But he's changed his viewpoints too and been vocal about that. So we have two shining examples right there of pro athletes changing their viewpoints, being allowed to correct their wrongs. And it's something that sports have embraced and I hope sports continue to embrace. And it's one of the better things about sports in comparison to society at large. And with that, we will be right back. Okay, so welcome back. The other uh, story that I wanted to touch on 
Uh, also kind of a heavy subject is uh, Oral Roberts University. Our Ken Schultz had a piece about this, outsports.com. ORU plays against Arkansas Saturday night <clears throat> in the Sweet 16. But before you root for them as an underdog, do not forget their poor treatment of LGBTQ students. Just to run through the history about conservative Oral Roberts U. The LGBTQ student advocacy group Campus Pride has named Oral Roberts on its worst list on its worst list of the absolute worst campuses for LGBTQ youth. The website explained that it included Oral Roberts because it holds an exemption to Title IX in order to discriminate against its students on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity while still receiving federal funds. Oral Roberts often wields its Title IX exemption against LGBTQ students, as enthusiastically you'd expect from a university as our Ken Schultz writes, founded by a televangelist. <laughs> and of course, as you would suspect, homosexuality is listed on its website under the sexual misconduct policy. So what has happened? Well, they've had the Advocates Equality Riders arrested on campus. They've had anti-homosexuality advocates on campus as well, making speeches. There's one story, a former ORU student accused the school in 2016 of blocking her readmission because she was married to a woman. Like other evangelical Christian schools, Oral Roberts requires all students to sign and adhere to an honor code that prohibits, and I'm quoting, unscriptural sexual acts, which include any homosexual activity. Sounds like a fun place. Um... Now, of course, this won't be mentioned on the telecast Saturday night, but it should. CBS should mention that. It's absolutely part of ORU's story. Let's make this comparison. Let's say a school still had a policy prohibiting interracial relationships, and that was against the honor code. Don't you think that that would drum up a little more attention than just, you know, niche corners of the media, the LGBTQ media, don't you think that would get a bit more national attention? It would. This is the same thing. These are backwards policies. These are atavistic policies. They hold people back. They turn people insane. I mean, we saw with the Atlanta killings last week, that horrific act, one of the components, the killer was felt so guilty about his sexual desires and that tore him up to the point of he felt he went on a killing spree. I mean, that's very real. Sexual repression can do real harm and danger. And I'm not saying Oral Roberts should be sanctioned by the NCAA. I'm not saying they shouldn't be allowed to participate in the tournament, their private school organization and I think once you get a legislative body like the NCAA involved in decisions like that it can be a slippery slope so I'm I'm not advocating for that but I am advocating for the light to be shown on these insanely regressive policies and harmful policies and uh, so here we are shining the light and you won't hear it mentioned on the CBS telecast but it should be mentioned Earl Roberts University uh it's shameful history and shameful present frankly of continuing to work against LGBTQ students which to me is just <clears throat> such an anathema 
to the overall college experience. That's what it's all about. You go away from home and you find your true self. We tell so many coming out stories with that exact message in mind. You go to school, you join a new team, or you find a new group of friends, and you just you start living your best life. That's what happened to me. I'm sure that's what happened to so many of you. And it's a shame that students who go to a school like Oral Roberts University or BYU or other Christian conservative, in this case, evangelical schools, it's a shame that they can't live that same freedom. It's a damn shame. And again, it it needs to be mentioned and highlighted more often. So as I said, there we are highlighting it. Before we go, I would also like to highlight on a positive note a great initiative that we started this week at OutSports. It's called our Trans Triumph Awards. As we've discussed quite a bit over the last few weeks, trans athletes continue to be under attack across this nation. So we are honoring the great trans athletes every day. The series runs through Wednesday. Check it out each day. We are honoring a new trans athlete. Thank you for hanging with me this week. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed it. I enjoyed a talk, so (laughs) that works. I also, by the way, should mention... I've landed a new full-time job. I'm back uh, with Radio.com, writing for websites in Boston, Buffalo, and Pittsburgh. Uh, It's great to have a full-time paycheck. It's also great to still be involved in outsports. Radio.com is the digital branch of my old company, Entercom, back in my sports talk days. So it's good to be back with them. And uh, they allowed me to stay here and keep talking with you every week and writing for you at Outsports, which uh, is a real thrill. Because uh, at this point, I can't imagine life without this community. So I'm glad to still be here doing the Kiki. It's a great way to spend Saturday. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. So long.